0: which are left with Allah, we cannot give rational explanations for everything. You know, Ali had said that if the religion were based on reason, rational thought, this was the whole of the religion, this the fundamental base of everything, then the bottom of the socks should be wiped and not the top. You know, when we make wudu, and we uh, wipe our socks in place of wiping, washing our feet. The bottom should be washed, wiped, and not the top. However, he said, I saw the Messenger of Allah wipe the top, not the bottom. So, you know, we understand that there are limits to man's ability to explain rationally everything. there are dangers in trying to do that. People start to twist the meanings behind the practices, and they can find themselves in a fix. I, mean, I know of one particular case where this is how Islam was presented to a particular individual in Washington: that everything was rational, you could explain everything, and. Uh, after he learned that, you know, when you make wudu, when you pass winds, that you have to make wudu all over again, this appeared to him to be irrational. And he asked people to explain to him rationally how this is. Why? Everything else seemed to make sense, but it didn't seem to make sense to him. Didn't make sense. You've just washed, because you explain rationally when you're making wudu, you're washing these parts of your body which are normally exposed and. You finish your wound you go and you wash these parts off. Did you get these parts ready? No? So why are you washing it all over again? So well, he just jammed him up. And it was said he left Islam because of it. We pray that he would find his way back eventually. But uh the reality we cannot try to rationally deal with every single aspect of Islam. Much of it is very rational, very reasonable, very practical. But there are aspects of it known only to Allah. He is commanded us to do them. We believe that there is a good reason for them. But we may not be able to understand. These things may be revealed to us. we speak to, understand it, what Allah wishes to reveal. How would you convince about the determination of text in the world and the knowledge Well, if you see the verses, you know. Um, the verses which refer to it talk about a series of things, not just sex. And when a child is initially conceived, ultrasound cannot determine the sex of that child. Even in the early development of the child, though now they take uh, samples of the amniotic fluid and they analyze it to try to determine this they tell you is not 100% sure it's still partially guesswork they say this one's going to be a boy and it turns out to be a girl they say it's going to be a girl it turns out to be a boy so they do not have clear knowledge in terms of ultrasound this is you know, when the child is developed to a certain point I Hadith in In the of that in the to body, which means the like what happens when it happens when it happens when it happens when it happens But what it is referring to in terms of the womb of the woman here, you know, and and also in the verses, it refers to what whether a child will be be born dead, whether it will be born alive. Yes, there's reference, there are actually clear reference to that in other verses. When you put all the verses together, I mean this we find this reference there. What is in the womb? What is in the womb in what sense? This is one aspect of it that we are not able to say. We cannot say who will be born arham you know. in the general sense we may seed the clouds and rain comes but not every cloud which is seeded, rains. The weatherman he predicts because it rained in Jordan and that cloud is coming here it's gonna rain here too? Oftentimes he's correct, but sometimes he's not. So our knowledge may you know give us put us in a position where we're able to predict things a bit more, you know to some degree, but it is not real knowledge in the sense of absolute knowledge. We don't have that at all. Well, scientifically, you know, they've shown, and not to say this is the reason and the only reason, they've shown that, you know, it is the main carrier of uh, trypnosis, particular disease, you know, called, called that particular worm which cuts okay. itself in the flesh of the uh, pig, and it requires very high degrees of cooking, you know, at high temperatures for this to be killed. Most people, you know, they're not able to, on a normal stove to reach these temperatures. But you see, still we understand that it goes beyond that, because if somebody says to you, well, okay, uh, you've got, you know, a very powerful oven here now we're going to cook it at this temperature, are you ready? So we say no. No, because, just because we have found one of the harms, doesn't mean that this was the one and only harm, no. They've also told people who have heart disease, they're told, you know, not to eat. pork uh, because it has high degree of fat, you know, which is deposited in your system. Also scientists in recent times have also shown that we are not able to break down pig fat. The fat of the uh, cow and the goat, we have the enzymes to break it right on down and reassemble it in, in our bodies. Pig fat it's broken down to smaller molecules but it is redeposited in the system as is. There's the one doctor, uh, Dr. Ahmed Sakar in, uh, in the States he's done extensive, he's a nutritionist he's done extensive research on that, he has a book on it you know, showing scientifically and it's not just precepts, there's certain other animals too the carnivores, carnivorous animals you know, which are also prohibited to eat have this quality also so there may be something else which, you know, comes from it or you know, as some Scholars have pointed out, you know, this is now reasoning that uh, you are what you eat. What you eat, you're using to build your system up with. Certain animals carry certain characteristics which are part of their natures. You break this animal down in your body and you rebuild yourself with it. It could affect. No, well. We can say pork, uh, animals which die of themselves in one way or another. Either by strangling, falling, being gored. a variety of different ways. Basically, it's pork and animals which die of themselves. But then the prophet, based on revelation, expanded that to include carnivorous animals, you know, uh, whether birds or Land animals. No. Aquatic animals are considered to be all halal, except edible, because we know the sea has certain qualities. An animal which dies in the sea, we eat. We eat the fish without slaughtering it. Everything else, we have to slaughter. Yeah. Huh? But the fish it dies of itself and we eat it. The you said that a dog the Well not to the dog, but you say it when you send the dog. <laughs> <out. coughs> So, uh, it is not a, yeah. year, dog is a dog. It's not really tech though, it's dismilla. Yeah. And then that mm-hmm. game is on colour of the Yamat's opposite. So we need nothing to solve the If you find it alive when the when, when the uh, when you find the the animal, if it's still living, then you slaughter it if it is already dead you are allowed to bleed Hmm? you see because that's why we are saying that the fact of what makes an animal halal or haram is not a question of the blood coming out of the body, this is a mistaken explanation that some people have given it says it is haram if the blood remains in the body if you cut the neck and allow it to bleed properly then it becomes halal because if a non-Muslim a Hindu, or a communist, Buddhist, he slaughters that animal and says, in the name of Allah, you can't eat it. You're not allowed to eat it. And if you slaughter the animal and didn't say the name of Allah, you're not allowed to eat it too. So it is not merely an issue of allowing the blood to flow, or not allowing the blood to No doubt, there is, to a certain degree, harm in the blood of the animal. We've seen this scientifically, blood carrying, you know, the germs of the body, purifying the body, process, etc. We know there's some harm involved in there. However, wild game, again, has another quality, has another is put in another situation from domesticated animals. Like you're allowed to, to eat a wild donkey, which are not allowed to eat a domesticated bugger. They're different. This is why in the scholars you have an animal in the, in the, in the wild which is called a boar. You know, there's a question as to is this edible to eat this or not? It looks like a pig. Right? He's got tusks. Uh-huh. Is it edible or not? But it's not a pig. The animals of the wild have a different uh, ruling, according to Islamic law, to the domesticated animals. So, we're a wild animal, an animal of the wild, which is killed by your falcon, you know, a bird, you have a bird that you train to kill or, or, or to catch or a, a dog. That um, these, if they die before they reach you, you're allowed to eat them. I mean, there's a, there's another quality, another factor which is involved there in terms of the way in which they live. If your trained dog in you know, a one day jumps, you know over the fence and kills one of your sheep, you can't eat. It. See, this is in the case of hunting, hunting other wild animals. Well, I, I said there is difference of opinion concerning. Yes. Some say, well, you know, it looks like he belongs to the same family, he has similar, you know, <laughs> forms. But if you look at the, the the wild boar, his lifestyle is different from the pig, which is which is very uh, similar. If you the hyena, for example, the hyena he looks like a dog. Right? And he will eat flesh, but he eats dead flesh. And the Prophet said, you may eat it. Mm -hmm. Yes. And what happens is that those people in Egypt, in um, lower Egypt, they commonly eat the hyena there. You know, those who talk about the flesh of the hyena, if you read about it in the Encyclopedia, they tell you. it. I mean, the comparison between it and dog flesh, for example, is is, is quite different. The flesh is sweet. It is not foul-smelling or anything. I mean, though we may feel repulsed by the idea of a hyena, but however, there are people who eat the hyena. And it has been permitted by the Prophet. Well, you see, the living in the water and living on the land is not an issue of whether something is halal or haram. You know? What is an issue is whether, as a land animal, it's killed by the tooth. Or it flies and kills by the claw. Now, the crab does not kill by the tooth, it does not teeth. So it's halal, finish. Whether it's half in the water, half on land, or lives on the land all the time, whatever <laughs> <laughs> But some people are that it kind of, claw, the right claw. But right. the Prophet said that the birds which kill by the claw are prohibited. The land animals, wild animals which kill with the eye tooth are prohibited. Does the, does the, does the crab fly? Does it bite with the eye tooth? No. Well, we can't do that. See, some people would say, for example, you had some scholars who ruled, for example, that the shark was prohibited. Because in Arabic, in the past, it was referred to as the sea dog. He says, you can't eat a dog on land, says, you can't eat this one. Okay. Similarly, the purpose was prohibited because in Arabic, it was called البحر, a sea pig. So, the ruling in Islam is not according to what you call the animal, but what the animal is, in fact. Right? Sea animals are halal land animals, which uh, kill killed by the eye tooth, wild animals, and mm-hmm. birds which kill by the claw have read Other than that, halal. How about well, you have some snakes which kill with the eye tooth. Those that do you would then have to say a halal. And those that don't are halal you could not play the things so we have a means of determining those which are halal those which are halal in you more the you see are not said sometimes <laughs> those who but he said if you find a snake in your home, right? And this is specifically referred to Medina. Actually, mm. so I mean, although this has been generally looked on a whole, when he was referring, he talked about in the homes in Medina. Right? You find a snake in your home. You are told to command it to leave because snakes, particularly those in the homes in Medina. Uh, the jinn. Some jinn live in snake form. If it does not leave after you've commanded it, then you are permitted to kill it. Mm. Yes. Well, you can't take it. Well, the jinn, yeah, I no, no, would say it understands any language, but the jinn of an area would understand the language of that area. It's like, it's like a dog, for example, right? People who train dogs, for example, in Germany using German, you try to use English and <laughs> it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Frogs? Very easy and it's very easy do frogs kill with the IT frogs frog legs. it's a delicacy in France of came up imported from France imported well really frogs legs are not usually maybe just prepared in France no. But the, the French, because the French they, I mean, use, it's bought outside of France. We I mean, have many countries that are producing it, foreign blacks for the French. Yeah, they I mean, have been imported. Somebody has yeah. importing in the Kingdom. And you just thought that it was, uh, it's according to the right now. Uh, it should not have been imported in the Kingdom because it is uh, not anything for them So that's all. That's all. That's so not according to me. if you're going to say it is, not edible, then you must bring evidence from the Quran or from the Sunnah. We don't have, I mean, what some people may say, well, it comes under the general category of khaba'is, you know, filthy things. But what is filthy to you may not be filthy to somebody else. You can't, you can't use that because that is varying according to culture and society, you know. I mean, what is known to be filthy by all people then that's another situation. What may vary from society to society, we can't. Chocolate coated ants, bees, people eat these too. Hello, okay. I'll Can life Yeah. You know in uh, Indochina what they commonly do, uh, they um, uh, leave fish, they, they eat, right? they leave it to rot and the juices that drip on it, drip, You know, they put a plate of rice underneath and when it's good and rotten, then they you eat it. It's you'll, you'll find it offensive to smell, uh, <laughs> you be sick to your stomach, but it's a delicacy amongst them. It's just different culture. You cannot say it, right? you know. Like the uh, the this uh, they have a desert lizard here; they call the dup. right? It's a fat bodied lizard, which uh, was presented to the Prophet to eat. and Before he ate them, which is of it, his wives told him, do well, you know what this is?" And he said, "No," and she informed him that this was dob, so he didn't eat. And uh, but uh, I think it was blood Masood was there beside him. So he asked, he said, "Is this prohibited?" He said no. I it was just in the area where I'm from. It was not there, and, and I don't have a like for liking for it. So he wasn't ate his and ate the know. So This is just custom. People have different tastes, like and dislikes. I mean some of them have been taught for You know In their part of the body You may find this in books of fiqh Even you know Especially in Sahana fi, fiqh Even. Because they have uh, Generally Done a lot of Speculation You know uh, Using The mind to reason out Many many different things Going beyond The text so you'll find quite often they've ended up, you know, prohibiting or allowing things which are, are not <coughs> it's quite a few. It as a school of thought it's the one which is the farthest from the choirs or so it. And, uh, you, uh, some so it should be prohibited, yeah, if you determine that it contains it, then it will be prohibited to you. <coughs> no, no, but this is a different issue, it's a different issue. That which is coming in food products, uh, they have uh, testing systems here, which are spec, you know, analysis, which are atomic analysis. Uh, and uh, pork, pork has a particular pattern, which they put the food through. If they identify it, this is not brought in the country. But animals which are slaughtered in Britain are considered to be halal even though they're not according to Islamic, what we call Islamic method. As long as they're not uh, strangled or clubbed to death, etc. The necks are cut, that is sufficient. Without saying Allah's name over it, it's not a requirement for them. We're allowed to to be given permission to eat it. That's another issue. I know some people have taken the position that if they do not say Allah's name and cut it, the neck of the animal the same way that we do, then it's haram. But actually it's an extreme position. The more correct position is that as long as the people are Christian people or Jewish people, as a whole. Some people say, well, you know, they're not the Christians like the Christians of the time of the Prophet ﷺ, you know. No, of course they are. It's the same thing. They were talking about Allah's tree. It's in the Qur'an. You know, these are the same people who are allowed to marry their women and eat their food. The animals which they flock. That cannot, it's not an argument. As long as they don't take, if they take another name other than Allah's name, or if they kill the animal with electricity, or strangle the animal, this is known to you, then it's harm. But usually I know in America, they use a, a gun, right? Uh, which is a stun gun. But it doesn't kill the animal. It just gives it a blow to the head which puts it unconscious so they can control it. This is just for purposes of, you know, speed in handling the animal. That is still halal. As long as as it's determined that this does not kill the animal, then it's halal. If it is determined that it kills the animal, then it becomes halal. And as far as we found out in the States, what was being done, is the animal was not killed. It was still living they flatter it. They have a vegetable source of the gelatin, I Of course, so you can get Jello, which is from veg- vegetable uh, sources. Hmm? Yes. Yes. when you take god out of the picture what you have is what is known as survival of the fittest the law of the jungle and this is why when they people who proposed the Darwinian theory, when they started to fit man into the picture and, and, uh, you know, give images, they would always put the image of the European man as the one in the end. The others, you know, who were the Asian man, the African man, these were stages of evolution. So So this was like justification for their colonization of the rest of the world and the rape of the various societies because they were the fittest. They're the ones who, you know, survival of the fittest. Justification. It's all about, you know, who has the most power and can use it to their own personal benefit. So, science, you know, in, in that, in what is known as Western modern Western science, science, is leaning towards finding justifications for this concept, which remains, although, you know, there have been changes, because as anthropology, you know, found the earliest and the earliest of men, or what seems to be the remains of the early men, kept finding them in Africa, they ran into a problem here. So, uh, black Americans, you know, made a big noise about this in the Smithsonian Institute there in Washington, you the first man, he's presented as a European man. Everybody else is are eight, right? <laughs> the first man is a European man. But this conflicts with, you know, even the, the, the evidence that they've gathered. So, eventually, this year, for the, you know, or just last year, the end of last year, they, they uh, closed down the exhibits for the evolution of man and put the first man as being, you know, a dark-skinned, you know, African-Asian mixture of a man. You know so their own research is causing them to have to back down off some of these positions but still you know in the in the minds in in the that that the literature etc this concept is still you know there man's existence is by accident and whatever you can get out of this life that's what it's all about And this is also why you find, in the West, the Hindu philosophy has become very popular. Because the Hindu philosophy of reincarnation, it fits in with this materialist approach. Whatever you can get out of this life, do it, have a good time, you know, get the best. Because when you die, you got another chance. You know, you can come back and <laughs> try again, you know, get some more, whatever. So. You know, you're sort of absolved of really having to do good, per se. Though in the theory, as the Hindus teach it, you know, you do go through stages. If you're a bad guy in this life, you know, you you go down the evolutionary uh, ladder. You know, you may end up as an ant or, you know, a, a worm or something like that in the next life, right? However, you know, the Westerners, they key in more on, you know, you just got another chance. And so you find a lot of people coming up now and talking about their earlier lives. They're doing, uh, putting people under hypnosis and talking about how they were a distant time of the Romans and they lived different lives they went through. So it's sort of promoting and more and more this idea, you know, of, of, uh, you know, just (coughs) take what you can. You know, human responsibility to your fellow man is not important. What is your opinion about hybrids? Particularly uh, in the past, not so being But now the plant you have hybrids, which hybrid. mm-hmm. uh, are produced by different nights. Do I example, in a particular rose plant, you can have a variety of colors. Mm-hmm. Now they're producing the blue rose and the white rose. yeah. Well, This is knowledge, human knowledge of the workings of the animal kingdom has allowed man to manipulate to a certain degree. Not to create, he's manipulating only. He's not creating, he's manipulating. The ability to produce a White rose existed in the rose plant, or to produce a blue rose, they exist in the rose plant. and ability is there. Man, with his knowledge of the, you know, of genetics, etc., you know, has been able to manipulate so that this ability is brought out. You know, we have. Uh, the mandarin, you know, cross between the tangerine and the, the orange, you know, mm-hmm. but the thing is that these have not really produced, what we could say, a new species. It is still within the same family. Some of the hybridization will take place even naturally, some of it takes place even naturally, in both the animal kingdom as well as the plant kingdom. So this is not beyond, this is not evidence for evolution and this is not beyond the concepts of special creation. The Hell came across uh, a hadith that he had arrived uh, and well in volume 4 page 335 page 537 uh, related the but, the prophet said a flying voice in the drink of anyone's here, It should depict picked in well, of course, Maurice Boucaille felt that this was uh, unscientific. And on the basis of this, he argued that, you know, hadith, really literature, cannot be really trusted. I mean, you can only trust it in us so far as it agrees with uh, what is scientifically known to be fact. However, poison of the cobra, you know, and we've always known, that if you are bitten by a cobra or you drink some of its poison, it will kill you. Yet, we're now using that poison for people who have heart problems, to help their heart problems. You have a number of different medicines and medicinal techniques now which are employing what was commonly known in the past to be harmful. So, just because human science has not reached the point where they have not researched it in depth, it has not become a point of research to determine, just because we have not found that, does it mean that? the hadith is not uh, unscientific? No, all we can say is science knowledge today shows us that the fly will carry microbes and so and so and that this carries certain diseases. However, that does not deny the possibility that within the fly it carries an antidote to these diseases. This is the, we could say this is an area where Muslim scientists have failed. Because science in the Muslim world is following the West. After the period of colonization, the, the rise of European powers, the decline of the Muslim countries, we find that science also went into a decline. Muslims lost touch. So, mostly they are serving and working in Western institutions and following Western trends. However, if Muslims were independent, developing their own research centers, etc., etc., this is an area of research which could possibly be followed. Because, when I look at something like that, right, why I would take that position is because there are so many other things that have proven to be True from the Prophet. For example, and I mentioned this to you all before, Prophet had informed us that it is disliked to sleep on one's stomach. It is only in these last 10 years that scientists, doctors now tell us you should not sleep on your stomach. You should not even put your child to sleep on its stomach. They're saying this is a common factor in the cot death, SDS, sudden death syndrome amongst children. For for, for grown people, the main cause of back problems, the you know uh, the problems of the discs and the you know uh, curvature of the spine, etc. They say it's caused from sleeping on the stomach because there's no support from the for the spine when one sleeps on one's stomach. So. When we look at that, you know, and there are other things that the Prophet ﷺ has spoken about, which in our recent times, you know, we've come to realize and to understand. The prohibition of pork, for example, in more recent times we've found out, you know, biological evidence for the harm that there is in it. We understand that, excuse me, what has been given to us by the Prophet ﷺ, commanded of us, this is based on revelation from Allah and it is the truth. The fact that we don't have the evidence to understand that truth does not mean that it isn't the truth. So we don't, you know as Muslims for example, In Western tradition, a fly falls in the drink, you throw away the milk. It's gone. In Islamic tradition, the fly falls in, dip that fly in, you throw him out, and you utilize that milk. You don't waste So when we consider the Muslims, for example, in situations where their uh, food, drink, etc., is limited, etc., who are saved themselves by being utilizing this, not being turned away, without having to wait fifty years from now when finally science comes across the antidote in the fly, Alhamdulillah. They followed the revelation. And then as the Muslims who did not lie on their stomachs, who circumcised themselves you know, who did not drink blood, did not eat pork, etc., those who have followed the commandments of Allah in the Quran or through the ﷺ direct teachings have saved themselves, have benefited in both this life as well as the next. It's evolving to be faster? Well, no, I mean, we can see that there is development. In Japan, they just had it in the newspaper just recently, that this generation of Japanese are taller and heavier than the last generation. Their diet has changed. It, it affects the people. Now you start to feed people, you know, like the, the, a man who now trains specializes in athletics, you're giving him a special diet and learning all these techniques about muscles and so. Forth. Sure, there is development, but does he become a bird? Does he, be, you know, he, he's changing as he's no longer a man? No, he's still a man. So development in men, we don't deny this possibility. What has Well, sex change, basically, we say, when we say, use the term sex change, this is induced. I mean, you may have people, you know, who are what they call hermaphrodites, people who have, you know, both male and female organs, and um, at a point in their life, one may dominate the other, or depending on their upbringing, one, you know, parents may consider them to be a boy, and then later on, As the others kick, the the hormones kick in, they change over and they're considered a girl. This is like a natural process which happens, you know. Whereas in the case where, uh, the unnatural way where an individual decides, well, I just want to be a woman now, you know. Homosexuals decide, I don't want to be a man anymore, I want to be a woman. So they surgically change that individual, pump him up with hormones so that, you know, he doesn't grow beard anymore and... You know, etc. Physical changes take place in his body. This is, you know, man's ability to to mutilate man. It's nothing new. Castration of the past version, because of course, when a person is castrated when they're young, they have to do this in Rome, you know, to keep the boys. Uh, uh, in the choirs, you know, be able to sing those high notes, you know. <laughs> they can the kids, you know. So they were be able to, you know, it, I mean, so it uh, affected them physically, of course. When you, you know, make certain manipulations in the body, this can cause certain other physiological changes in the body. This is nothing uh, supernatural or beyond what is, what could be expected. Mm-hmm. About, um, the is. In alpha yeah. well you see, he is taking you know a um, verse in the Quran where Allah says that he created a, you know uh, mm-hmm. every living thing from water uh, what this uh, refers to, whether it is uh, literally liquid, water, aquatic origin, or as some people other people propose, that water is made of H2O, hydrogen, you know, oxygen, hydrogen being the primary particle as far as we can, you know, basic atomic structure goes, that you know, this is the primary factor in, in all of uh, living systems as we know them whether it is that or it is the other uh, we cannot argue you know either way though we would argue that uh, water was not in other words man did not come out of a water being that you know crawled up on land that eventually evolved into a man but water is essential to man's existence the human body is 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 Mostly water. There's a huge proportion of water in the human body. And all of the living organisms that we know, this water is there. And we could say that the Quran actually, you know, has pointed to a fact that science now is able to put together that water is a key factor in all living organisms. And in the process of their individual development, you know, as one is produced from that one Water is involved in it is a key element. Okay. A couple of things. One just to reinforce what you said, philosophy derived from the Greek evil friend of the mind, That's right. And science, which is programmatic and also which is knowledge. So the two things are so cool together and they can easily be shooted from one to the other sort of how it works in the world. <laughs> um okay, having said that, so, genetic science, how is this this uh, it used in Islam? it is a piece science, the piece knowledge, uh, should we well, I think there's an aspect of genetics which may be useful. For example, you know, they have developed uh, certain strains of, of uh, or are working on developing certain strains of wheat or certain plants which will have certain other um, organisms along with them which will be resistant to certain uh, uh, other organisms you know so this involves the process of genetic engineering within the 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 limits of helping to or aiding man in utilizing the resources that God has given him fine but now when you're using it in the sense oh I want to create the perfect man you know I want to remove all the problems, you know, uh, that 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 cause people to go this way, or to go that way, to so this kind of create now a new man. This is where that science has gone astray. Where we may, for example, uh, look in a, a people who have certain genetically transmitted diseases, which helps us by uh, the knowledge of genetics will help us to determine such and such a person. We are likely to have such and such uh, offspring. And we need to monitor pregnancies and so on. so. This is beneficial. Right? But now when we use it in the other way, well, well from this now we are able to determine whether you are getting a boy or a girl. So now if you are getting a, a girl embryo, you abort that. You know, you try again. You keep trying for a boy. Now it becomes distorted. Because you are taking life. Unjustifiably. So I mean science, you know, or or what knowledge is available of the universe is a gift from Allah which could be used Islamically, acceptable to God, would be an act of worship, it's in the service of man, recognizing the greatness of God, or it can be used against the way of God, you know, as Allah described Satan. You know, as trying to get man to deviate, he will come to him from one side and the other and he will encourage him and until he tries to change the sunnah of Allah. He will command him to change the sunnah of Allah. Allah's sunnah or the way of Allah in his creation, he will try to change it, make it something else. This is a satanic way. And that's the satanic use of the knowledge. That's with all knowledge will exist. We'll have both sides, either the godly Islamic use or the satanic use. So, the science, in and of itself, we don't say it is un Islamic. No. How you use it will determine. Its origin, the knowledge is from Allah. So, it is Islamic in its origin, in the sense, in the pure sense. How you use it keeps it in the Islamic vein or Takes it in the satanic Great. Any questions from our sisters in the back? Is it that new no, it's not true. true. It's a fairy tale, you know, which... Uh, well, another another you yes, another fairy tale. But it's a fairy tale. Yes. Oh. <laughs> no, wishful thinking. See, what happens is that Muslims in a state of weakness where they are looking at really what they have as being Uh, somehow deficient, looking at themselves as deficient. You know, the West now becomes... So now somebody from the West, they're looking for a miracle. You know, like they just had um, in uh, in England, I read in the paper recently, a man there opened up an eggplant and he found a law written in the eggplant. And people, Muslims now, are making pilgrimages to this man's home to see this holy exile. This, this is the state that Muslims are following this. you know. I mean, Christians are famous for this stuff, you know. But Muslims, you find them, you know, caught up in this idea now. And of course, this is nonsense. You know, we don't accept it. But it keeps cropping up. You know, I remember some years back they had a picture of, of the, um, the bronchial t- tubes of the, the lung and the some, uh, science, uh, some uh, doctor is supposed to have found written on everybody's bronchial tube La ilaha illallah Muhammad <laughs> and they showed the picture but I mean, of course when it happened they manipulated you know the picture is a very grainy black and white picture and they manipulated it to find that somebody found a fish you know in India you know with uh, Allah written on the side but see if we get caught up in this kind of foolishness I mean these are just we could call flukes of nature and much of it is you know, exaggerated and amplified. You see, if you're going to accept that and now you're gonna make pilgrimage, when the when the uh, Christian finds a fish with a cross on it, what are you gonna do? And for sure he'll find one too. What are you gonna do? You're caught. So of course for, for us as Muslims we don't our faith is not based on, you know, what we could call flukes of nature. This is not the basis of our faith. Our faith is is based on firm knowledge of revelation, which has been given to us, which, applied in our lives, we see as something beneficial and real that improves the quality of our lives, improves our character, our moral character, and you know, improves all aspects of our lives. This is why we. Do. So, we don't, uh, you know, subscribe to these kinds of, you know, because even individuals. What happened? The same thing happened. Roger Garudi, right? You know former uh, head of the Communist Party in France, who was a presidential candidate, he accepted Islam, and the Muslim world went wild. You know, Roger Garudi accepted this great philosopher, and you know, then he was brought around the Muslim world to give talks here, and there. Fine, it is he's given to us why he accepted Islam, fine. But then people started to make asking him fatwas, you know, to give interpretations of the Quran. And, and of course the man doesn't have this kind of background knowledge, but because he was a philosopher, and they, instead of when they, you know, gave him something of Islam, they sat him down and started to teach him, you know, as a child again, from A-B-C, because when you come into Islam, you have to go back to the beginning, you know. They allowed him to come in as a philosopher, you know, and a philosopher, he has an explanation for everything. And of course, when he put his mind to the Quran, he could find explanations. And of course, what happened is that these explanations were in contradiction to what we know to be correct. People tried to correct him. You know, of course, the philosopher, he can't back down now, you know. He can't back down. The philosopher, he is is not going with the facts anymore. It becomes a question of ego and all these other kinds of things. So he ended up making heretical statements. And this man, prior to this, he was given the, you know, title award and you know, big Islamic knowledge and wow. you have a man now he's looked at as a heretic. Yeah. So so he there was a benefit that could be taken from him to the degree of the knowledge that he had. But Muslims, you see in their you know, in this state where you know anything coming from the West now they're just gone crazy. You know, they this madly he accepted Islam and they, they exaggerated his position and of course caused him well some of the blame is with him of course but they put him in that position of heresy and uh, and as I said it's a reflection basically of the weakness of Muslims today that they are like the, what they call the, the blind, the drowning man you know, clutching at the straw you know, he's drowning anything, he sees a straw floating by, he's drowning, grab he grabs it. Think, you know, of course, if you sit and think you're going to grab a straw, it's not going to keep you afloat, but you know, you're drowning, you grab onto anything. So, this is the approach. Very unfortunate, and of course it means that we will continue to find these kind of stories circulating in the Muslim world, and uh, more, you know, e- examples of Allah being found in nature, trees and plants, etc. But it is for us to understand the reality of such uh, phenomena and to try to educate those around us to the ridiculousness of uh, considering these things to be holy and etc. we find ourselves in a coma, yeah, because yeah. you don't want to out, so you can use You of know, Ibn Musht he made some errors in, um, you could say, in rationally trying to deal with um, some of Allah's attributes.